Greetings, Father Jonathan. Are we there yet? Not yet. Almost We're there. Close, though. We're close, though. I do find generally that when we talk, we often ask ourselves that or like say like we're almost there. It's like when are we when are we ever there? It was like never. Christmas and then That's it was the like the whole idea. We're never yeah. actually there. That's the right. beatific vision. <laughs> mm, interesting. So yeah, Always so we are fast approaching uh Pentecost, uh but we have one more stop along the way. Kind of an important stop. I mean, I don't know that I'd call it a stop along the way. Sure. Sure. Well, okay, so before we get into the Ascension, any updates from your parish in Denver? Did you get a chance to preach yesterday? Did you, are you guys still doing online masses? What's going on there? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> we, uh, we are, so apparently different states are doing different things. Some are allowing like a percentage of max capacity mm-hmm. to, to come in. We, as far as I know, the governor of Colorado has said, 10 is the is the number for public gatherings okay archbishop aquila however has given us provision to have more than that insofar as like you know when you've got a a a family together oh i see that could be six right there so and they don't you know if they're since they're a household they're already you know their social distancing isn't as crucial Sure, sure. Because it's impossible to social distance, you know, when you've got kids. So you guys so, have people at church? Yeah, well, our limit, I think we set it to like 25. We had, I think at most 10, I think we had at most 10, 10 or 12 at each of the masses. Um, you know what? It's really weird. Not going to lie. Preaching to an empty, and I actually said this in my homily, preaching to an empty church is weird. Like, don't get me wrong, to a camera. Um, but it's even weirder to preach well, to, I don't know if I'd say weirder. It's a different, it's a new layer of weird. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's still not normal. Like this isn't what we're supposed to be doing. Right. Right. And on, and on top of that, I didn't notice this until I talked to you actually a little bit after that first mass where we were recording and there were some people there. I was re- super, super, super thrown off because I didn't know who to address, like who I was mm. talking to. The people there or the people on the camera. Exactly. Yeah. So it mm. was really, and then the next, so the next day it was, you know, weird again, but it was a little bit more normal because it was sure. those there. Sure. Yeah. It's sure. also strange. Uh, I didn't, you know, I, I felt better about my homily the second time I make little tweaks here and there. I try not to preach the exact same homily twice in a row or twice ever. Um, I felt better the second day. Um, yeah, it was fine. Hmm. I kind of focused on um, something. What were the readings? <laughs> it was so oh, long yeah. ago. <laughs> Philip, it was so long ago, and I did it twice. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I looked at the way that Philip, you know, just what we talked about, that Philip couldn't do everything on his own. Sure, he needed the, sure. He needed the help of the church, of Peter and John. Um and I kind of, you know, I didn't want to just say to tell people that, yeah, you're, you're great, you're brave because you're here. So I kind of did that a little bit, but also then said, you know what, sometimes the charitable thing to do and the just thing to do and the, the commandment, following the commandment of the Lord, loving the Lord is staying at home, keeping everybody safe. Yeah. So I yeah. tried to, you know, say, you know, this is something that you've got to be able to do, that you've got to be able to do. Like, I'm not going to tell you that you've got to go to mass. Sure, sure. Or that no, you've got to stay home. 
because right. we're allowed. Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah, people can decide for sure. Um, so you're gonna have another public mass this weekend, I guess, since the parish is open. Yep. Yep. Are you gonna, are you gonna be preaching on the ascension? Uh, I will. Yeah. So since we're opening up back to regular regular mass order, that yeah, back to preaching every week. Well, I guess nice. until I, I move. Well, you and I both then will be preaching this weekend because it's my turn on the rotation. Nice. Yeah. So nice. yeah, the ascension, and I got to tell you, like right off the bat, I really struggle with the ascension. I yeah. I have a really hard time <laughs> understanding that like why is this a mystery of the rosary? Like why is this so significant for us to contemplate? What am I contemplating? What am I thinking about? What is the significance of this event? Like I, I struggle with all of those questions. Um Yeah. It's like sometimes I default to like, well, it's just like Jesus needed to leave so that we could do stuff or something <laughs> without like what is he says, you know, like if I don't leave, the advocate won't come. Um, yeah. But he does breathe on the on the apostles, the Holy Spirit, before the ascension. Mm -hmm. So, like, I don't know. I kind of find myself a little bit stuck with this mystery and what's the significance of this mystery. And I, I tend to tie it to like, you know, the go forth that ends the Gospel of Matthew here that we have. You know, the mm -hmm. ascension and go. Yeah. You know, well, kind of sidestepping I it. You know. I do have a thought on, on that very thing. Um, but before I get to that, I want to ask you or just, yeah, see what you think about, you know, does it have to be like this big, this big thing? Like this is Jesus ascending into heaven. Like that's kind of a, an important part of the resurrection. It seems mm -hmm. like. Mm -hmm. So like, so, do we need this big, long, you know, theological discourse on, on the ascension of means this, that, and the other thing, or is it, this is just another sign, I guess. I don't know if I can say that of, of who Jesus really is. Yeah. No. Okay. So I, I was thinking about this before we started recording. I think, I think it is important to talk about the ascension because I think it is one of the mysteries of the rosary. It's one of the mysteries of the gospel. It ends the gospel. It begins the book of Acts. Now, how to think about it, I think, is a good question. And what you're saying lends me to leads me to to this idea, which is that the resurrection is completed in the ascension. That mm -hmm. that the that the forty days that he spends with us sojourning from Easter Sunday to the ascension, like those forty days are are not meant to be permanent. Like it's transitory. You know, he's on his way back to the Father. So if we think about like the descent into hell and then the resurrection. So from the descent into hell up, he goes to the resurrection and then he finishes the movement going all the way up. So he's on this upward journey from hell up to heaven, making his way. And he spends 40 days on earth. So I don't know. I was kind of thinking about it at that is like, it's the completion of the resurrection trajectory that the movement from descent all the way up to ascension, you know, so from descent to ascent. Um, and that's all to say that, like, I think maybe some of the imagery that's used a lot is that the ascension is this pilgrimage that got, that Jesus takes to the right hand of the Father to show that our eventual destiny is to be there with him. You know, our humanity is there with him. Um, I don't know. What do you think about all that? Yeah, I think, well, I've got kind of a radical thought here. Okay, so bear with me. Mm -hmm. The Easter Vigil is the time for baptisms that goes way mm -hmm. back to the beginning. Okay, great. I wonder what it would look like if, because look at our gospel for today. 
It's uh, go forth and baptize in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Right. And then right. what happens next week? Well, the Holy Spirit seals upon seals those graces that have been given at that baptism through, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. through the sacrament of confirmation. Sure, sure. And so I wonder if there's kind of a sacramental thing going on here, or a, um, yeah, like a sacramental theology thing going on here, where we're looking at how um, how the ascension, how Jesus his divi- Jesus's divinity is is now making. I don't I don't have the technical language to really flesh this out um, right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but you're 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 drawing the emphasis on the Great Commission to baptize and how like. This great yeah. mystery of Christ's ascension is the impetus for the church to go out in its missionary. Yeah, well, and and especially looking at something like you know, the example from the early church, the very various early churches that wouldn't baptize. Um, well, yeah, that wouldn't baptize right away. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this period of Easter, you know, we look at Lent as being kind of that catechumen. Okay, this is your preparation for your baptism. But I wonder what the period from Easter to Pentecost looks like as that time of preparation for the ascension of, of our Lord and the descent of the Holy Spirit. Right, right. Like, that's an interesting, that's interesting to me. Yeah, I don't know if that makes yeah. any sense. <laughs> well, no, I think that maybe what you're saying is that as we do in Lent, prepare the baptisms uh, of the catechumens, what do we do during the Easter season to prepare for incorporation to the church? And your radical idea here is that, what would it be like if we had initiation at the Ascension mm-hmm. and at Pentecost? Um, well, and a lot of this is coming up from, we have um, we have someone here at the parish who is being received into the church. He's baptized Christian already, but is receiving First Communion and um, Confirmation. And because of coronavirus, that got pushed back away from the vigil and is now on Pentecost. Hmm. And I tell you what, the more I pray with it, the more I think that's in some ways more appropriate for him mm-hmm. as, as mm-hmm. already a baptized Christian to be right. confirmed on Pentecost. Like that just sure. makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, it really does. And yeah, I mean, that's that's good to, to think about. But like, how do you, so like, are you saying that you would preach, if you were to preach on this Sunday's Ascension, are you going to... It seems like you want to emphasize the Great Commission. Like that seems to be where you're you're wanting to emphasize how the Ascension is radically tied to the church's missionary effort. You know that. Yeah. That Christ ascends and sends us forth. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, more than more than just more than just that, I think. And even this, even I, if I dare say, I think it, it ties into the Book of Acts, kind of as a whole. Like we're talking about. How are we as Christians living our Christian life? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and it has to be through the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm, because that's mm-hmm. what we've been given. <laughs> um, and that's kind of you know that's begun with baptism, right? But that's still a lifelong um, journey. Yeah, yeah. True. I like the the beginning of the book of Acts is great here. So this is verse one. Uh, it's it's St. Luke talking in the first person to the person he's writing to. And it's just kind of interesting to think about how like in the first book I dealt with all that Jesus did and taught. And the, the assumption is that what I'm going to tell you now is everything that his disciples did after the ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just re- so if you just take a sort of a meta commentary on the book of Acts, you can sort of see Luke here doing precisely what the Great Commission 
is invoking, right? That they go forth and they speak to the children of God. And the Greek here, Theophilus, I think is the sons of the son of God. Um, so yeah, there's just something happening here in the book of Acts that maybe is, is pulling forth from the Great Commission there. On a meta level, the book of Acts is that uh, work of evangelization. Is that kind of what you're driving at? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and especially, you know, thinking of the season, like, okay, post, post-Easter, post pre-Pentecost, like, all of these are kind of milestone marker points along the way. And, like, that way is really what we tend to meditate on, well, ideally what I think we should be meditating on a lot more than just what I could be doing or even what I should, I mean, what I should be doing is an important thing to think about. Don't get me wrong. Um, but like, how am I living? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That seems to be something that is coming up in my own, and that could just be a me thing that mm-hmm. is coming up in my prayer. Like I know what I should be doing because Jesus told us very explicitly last week. If you love me, you will follow my commandments. So mm-hmm, I want to love mm-hmm. Jesus. I have to follow his commandments. Right. So h- right. how am I, how am I following those commandments? How am I living that out? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, you know, my, part of my struggle still a little bit is how, how to think about the Ascension separate from Pentecost. Like, I think there's still like this temptation in me to think about like Jesus leaves and immediately the Spirit comes. But there's this gap between the departure of Christ and the descent of the Holy Spirit. And I don't know, I just find that a little bit troubling like i don't know what to do with this mystery apart from the descent of the holy spirit even even well, the do first... they need to be separate well i guess not i mean like even the first reading you know speaks of uh you know in a few days you'll be baptized with the holy spirit you know mm-hmm. that's the promise that comes but it's those few days that does separate them you know yeah that it's not this immediate transition from the the epic of christ and then the epic of the of the spirit you know the time of yeah. both well, consider that time that St. Thomas spent waiting that week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, say like more about that. Hardly ever, we hardly ever consider, I mean, we talked about it on the show, but mm-hmm. um, the more I think about it, the more I think that that, that week was quite crucial. Um, right. That it was his own preparation, being becoming ready to receive the Lord, <laughs> to receive the Lord. I mean, you could very much right. think of that Eucharistic. Um, uh, in that kind of way is how, how are we disposed to receiving the Lord in the Eucharist, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. sometimes that means taking time and, and waiting mm-hmm. and waiting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So touch earth here for a moment because you're losing me a little <laughs> bit in, in some of the things that you're saying, like how, how are you going to preach on the Ascension? I don't know. What are you going to, what are you going to talk <laughs> about? What are you thinking yeah. about? Because um, a lot of the a lot of the like hypothetical stuff doesn't really land in a homily, right. you know. Sure, sure. You know, I mean, and the kind of okay. So, well, let me start from taking kind of a, a back a stand. I don't know what I'm trying to say there. Let me stand back a little bit. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, so we've got here's first reading Acts. Okay, what are the disciples doing? Okay, great. Psalm. God mounts his throne and shout two shouts of joy, a blare of tr- trumpets for the Lord. So this is people proclaiming God's greatness. Um, we've got St. Paul in Ephesians kind of doing the same thing. You've, this is what you're doing and this is what you need to do um, to give, you know, he- uh, uh, Christ giving everything to him. Uh-huh. Hold on, hold on. Bear with me. Bear with me. <laughs> and then here's where it really comes together. The, 
the uh, with the gospel, I think, in the Alleluia verse as well, from coming from the same gospel of Matthew. It's go and teach all nations. Like, right? What? How are we doing that? And mm-hmm. look at that second part. I am with you always until the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do those things? How do those two things go together? I wonder. Yeah. Good do question. we go and I'm... teach all nations, or do we trust that the Lord is with us in everything that we do? Yeah. Well, it's just it's funny just because of the irony. It's like you're leaving Jesus, you know, and you're telling us that you're going to be with us, you know, um, you know, and, you know, through the Spirit and also His Spirit. Of course, He's with us. You know. So, like, if I if I were to take a step back for a second too, I think one thing that we haven't said that might be helpful uh, is to think about the geography of what's happening on the ascension. So. They were in Jerusalem for the resurrection, and they experienced the presence of the risen Lord who came to see them in the upper room as they were hiding. But the ascension doesn't take place in Jerusalem. It takes place in Galilee. Mm -hmm. So they have to move there. It's almost as if Jesus is rehearsing what he wants for them to be doing, is to leave Jerusalem and to go out to the world. Mm, You know, and like it ends with go out to all the world, but he kind of like takes them to the edge of the nation to show him, to show them, almost standing as if standing on a precipice, saying, "Go there," you know, like he brings them out of the upper room, he brings them out of Jerusalem, and he takes them to the edge of the world, let's say, and says, "Go forth," you know. And there's something interesting and pedagogical there that how Jesus Himself is going to the Father, He's He's bringing them out as well, following His footsteps mm-hmm. back to Galilee, where it all began, you know. So like, there's a there's a full circle thing here too, is that a lot of this began in Galilee and ended in Jerusalem, and now it's ending in Jer- in, uh, in Galilee with the Ascension. So I don't know, you could do some play there, I think, with what's going on geographically. And then, they're, of course, they're going to go back to Jerusalem now, but now as missionaries. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, they, left, yeah. they left Jerusalem as scared fishermen, and now they're coming back as apostles. Yeah, yeah, I like that. And, you know, it kind of goes back to what we were saying at the very beginning about, are we there yet? <laughs> Uh, it's journey before destination in some mm-hmm. ways. I mean, destination is the goal, obviously, but mm-hmm, again, mm-hmm. I, I, go, I go back to what I said, you know, how are we living that life that Christ has given to us? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I really like this full circle image. Like they were, many of them were called in Galilee, you know? So mm-hmm. how is it they, they've come back to the place of their original call and they're getting a new call. And that call now is to go forth. Like the first call was to follow me. Now it's to go out into all the world. Like there's sort of an interesting like escalation that's happened here at the Ascension. You know, in the, yeah. same, in the same place where they were called before. Yeah. Well, and that, and that does kind of, I may need to think about this a little bit more, but how this idea of Ascension being associated with the baptism itself, like we are in a sense always, you know, every time we go into a church, when we're allowed to have holy water, <laughs> we sign ourselves and remember our baptism. Like this is a constant going back so that we can go out again. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so this ascension, looking at the ascension as the beginning, but our, it's our beginning so that we can be sent. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think. Cool, man. Any, uh, any parting thoughts here? Any final word? Uh, no. All right. Sounds good. Cool, man. Till next time. We got Pentecost coming up, so see you then. Goodbye. All right, dude. Peace.